business comes from questions and solving problems. That's how our creativity just really expands into capitalism. Where would we be without all this? Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Laura Spalding. She's an entrepreneur, a real estate investor who started a crime scene cleaning business as a side job and has grown this to over 50 franchisees around the country. We get into so much about her story that morphed into her actually investing in real estate as well. You're going to get so many good nuggets from entrepreneurship to investing and so much more. Right, Andressa? You're going to have a snapshot of real conversations. I, I forgot we were recording. <laughs> But the most important thing is that she purchased a property for $5,000 and she saw the opportunity to share for all their other franchisees. And this is an investor opportunity. You guys got to understand more what I'm talking about in terms of how is she structuring the deals right now, especially because of the interest rate is high. You've got to listen. I'm not going to give away. This is a buzz. Listen to all of you who are looking to invest in real estate, which is all of you. So you should all listen to it. Before we get into Laura's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. You're trying to close on your next rental. So why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Welcome back, everyone. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. Our mission, our passion, what literally we think about every day is empowering women to live a financially free and balanced life. We do that in so many different ways. And thank you for being on with our podcast, right, Andressa? We've been podcasting now for five years. So if you're a first-time listener, thank you. We're going to jump in uh, to our amazing interview here in a moment. But if you've been with us, thank you too. We, we don't take that lightly. And we appreciate everyone been on this journey with us, right, Andressa? 
Absolutely. And we have our dogs with me because if you're listening to me, you can see my dog drink water so loudly next <laughs> to me right now. So she's been with us as well. And Bailey, uh, it's uh, Liz's new dog. So she, you might see her around as well. But without further ado, Laura, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me. I'm a longtime listener and a big fan. Yeah, I'm so appreciative of you being here, Laura. We're going to jump in here because we're going to get to crime scene. Uh, we're going to get to real estate. We're going to get to creative financing. We're going to get to your amazing journey here and all the things you've done. But the question I want to jump into here is what lesson has taken you the longest to learn on your journey? <laughs> oh, so many, so many. I have a very hard head. The lesson that has taken me the longest to learn has been the one that I can't do it all by myself. And I, I can't, it, you know, that book, Who Not How, it, it was very eye-opening for me. And I try to teach this to franchisees as well, that you, you don't have to be the webmaster. You don't have to be the SEO person, the salesperson, the, the accountant and all that. Do what you're good at and what you enjoy the most and, and hire the best people for, for those other things. And that's really taken me the longest because, you know, I grew up with the mindset, if you want it done correctly, do it yourself you know, and, uh, you can't, you can't do that in business. It's just not scalable. And you have scaled to 50 franchisee locations and your TikTok followers right now is off. Now we are in <laughs> June. So if you're listening to this a couple of months after it might be different, 4.5 million followers. There's something about, I am one of them, right? But there's something about crime scene that it is entertaining right? It's sad, but also very entertaining to the human body. But my question to you is, where did that get started? Like where, like you woke up and say, okay, I'm not going to choose Dunkin' Donuts and I'm not going to (laughs) choose other franchisees that smell (laughs) like cookies and dough. I'm going to go with a cleaning crime scene company. Break that down for me. It kind of happened, um, smacked me in the face, one of those things. So I, I, out of, right out of college, I got into law enforcement and, uh, I was doing undercover narcotics. I was doing vice undercover prostitution, just a bunch of a variety of things. And I was having a really good time doing it. I was learning a bunch of stuff. I was, you know, kind of grew up quite sheltered probably. So all of this was very new to me and it was great when you're 20, 23 years old. But I think when I got into undercover narcotics, it really changed my mindset of, I didn't feel like I was making a difference at that point. I I felt like I was putting my life at risk for no gain whatsoever. So, Mm. and I, and I still feel that way today that this war on drugs, it's never, there's no end to it. It's just, it's cyclical. It just, it's going to keep going. So I started to really kind of think, you know, about my future at that point, which, you know, was rare at the time at 23 years old, you don't think that. And I thought, you know, I really want to start a business. And initially I thought it would be a side hustle. Um, And, but I was racking my brain of trying to think of something that I could do because I had very little to no money. Uh, I had about $2,500 in savings. And I uh, was, before I knew what it was, I was house hacking. So I was living in a house that I had just purchased and I had roommates and uh, before I even knew what house hacking was. So in other words, I was living paycheck to paycheck because I I couldn't make ends meet. Well, one night I was working a homicide and um, I was just kind of waiting around for the detectives and the victim's mom came up to me and said, when are you guys coming back to clean this up? Mm. 
And it was one of those moments that I'll never forget because we kind of just stared at each other because I didn't know what to say. And she assumed that law enforcement cleaned it up. And embarrassingly enough, seven years into law enforcement, no one had ever asked me that. And I had never considered after I leave what happened. And Mm. I felt horrible about that. So I just started on this fact-finding mission of, you know, talking to homicide detectives and CSI people and saying, what, what do these people do after we leave? Like, who's cleaning this up? And they too were like, not only do we not know, it's not our problem. And I thought, Mm. wow, that's really callous. Um, But their job was to get the evidence and leave. And the family was left with the aftermath. So it was like one of those light bulb moments. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm around this stuff all the time. I'm, you know, shooting, stabbings, robberies, you name it. Uh, So I thought I can do this. I can do this. Mm. So I kind of just started really investigating uh, the, the industry, which was very small at the time in 2005. And uh, I found a school that was in, it's not there anymore, but it was in Dallas, Texas at the time. And ironically, the cost of the school was 2,500, which is exactly what I had in my savings account. Of course it was. (laughs) Yes, of course. Right. So um, I went to this school and learned the hands-on techniques of how to do it. But what wasn't taught was the business side of it. Mm. How do you market it? How do you price it? How do you sell it? You know, all these things. So I still had quite a bit to overcome when I came back. I broke it down because I I always think success, there's clues in in people's stories, right? And so I I love hearing people's stories because it really breaks down to a process, to how how this amazing opportunity happened. So I I thought, and the women listening, I really want to break it down. So number one, you start asking questions. Is this the right path for me? So just in terms of your curiosity, it was peaked. The next thing you did was you got curious in the role that you had, meaning there's so much opportunity every day that we just don't see. And you started to ask the question to that. That woman asked you the question and that made you peak your interest to say, what does happen? And I think we don't realize how interrelated we all are. So in other words, What's happening next? Meaning, you know, you have a project going on, a real estate project or a business opportunity. What happens next? Who's impacted? How are they impacted? Those are good questions. And then you started to get super curious and then you found the pain. And I think that's the key. You found an opportunity to meet a need that was being unmet and you were passionate about it. That's the other part of it. I think we could learn a lot from that process. And then you took the next step and then took the next step. And I think it can be applied really in life in general. Um, you know, business comes from questions and solving problems. And uh, that's how our creativity just really expands into capitalism. Where would we be without all this? When you went from your starting your own company, right? And now you have over 50 locations around. And I correct me if you have a different perspective, but it doesn't really matter if it is what type of franchisee or if you're selling shoes, houses, there are certain commonality. But the part that I want to talk about, and I think that we don't talk too much in real estate, is the work as a leader that you had to do in order for you to be able to scale. Many people, many investors are focusing on scaling 
from one to two properties, from two to five and five to 15, and you go on and on, right? They believe that their leadership skills don't have to evolve the same. And I think there's so much suffering that happens when people try to scale while they're not leveling up their leadership skills that I think that we need to talk more about it. So based on your experience, what were the, what was the work that you've done in order to be able to scale? Well, it was, you know, the, the, in the onset of wanting to franchise, I really had to make sure that I dummy proofed what, what our business is. So like you were saying, it doesn't matter if I'm selling cupcakes or crime scene cleaning. If, if you create a system and processes that anyone can follow, all business is relatively the same. It's just different steps in the process. So um, what I did is that was a learning process for me. So I wrote down, it took me about a year and a half to literally sit down and write down everything that I took for granted that was in my head, you know, because I didn't start franchising until uh, 12 years after I was in business already. So there's a lot of stuff that I took for granted that was in my head that I didn't put on paper. So it took me about a year and a half while running my business to just put it in paper. And then it's literally been tweaked twice a year ever since because we add things, we improve things. Um, there's new technology, there's new systems and stuff that that we want to make super easy. And we also get great feedback from our franchise partners that say, hey, I read over that protocol. It still doesn't make sense. So I'm like, great. Okay. Tell me what doesn't make sense so I can improve on that because I rely on them because again, I take a lot of things for granted that have just been in my head. So that that was huge for me. Um, but scaling financially probably was the biggest hurdle that I've ever had. And it was because, you know, I've never had a venture capital. I've never had an angel investor. I've never had a business loan. These things were huge hurdles for me as a woman that my male counterparts did not struggle through. And I have a perfect example that I, you know, I tell this story when I went to that $2,500 class in Dallas, Texas, I was sitting next to these two guys who are, you know, became friends and they were um, nurses. So also kind of in the same pay grade that I was, um, they had more um, debt to income ratio than I did because they had families. I was single at the time. Um, they walked into the bank and got a $150,000 SBA loan to start their business. Well, he agreed to give me his exact business plan. All I did was change my name, my address, my email, and the name of the company. I literally walked into four different banks Hmm. and was told no with the same exact stuff. So I went back to him and I said, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. And he was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. This is what we did. And the light bulb went off again. And I thought, oh man, I mean, I've been, you know, in male dominated careers my entire life. I'm facing the same thing in business. And uh, Mm. so I had to get creative. So, you know, I went, I pouted for a day or two and I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I thought, oh my God, let me take out a home equity loan and I can finance the business then. So I went to the fifth bank and I lied and I said, I needed new windows for my house. She wrote me a $15,000 check before I even left the building. And I was like, that's the key. You've got to get creative. Quit, quit stopping at no. Cause to this day, I'll get a hundred no's before I get one yes. And it's so frustrating. 
uh, when you see other people just literally coasting through. And um, I would say that probably a lot of women are going through the, you know, the same thing that I went through, but that 15 grand was only 10% of what my, what my friend got. So I had to make that work. And unfortunately, three years into business, he's no longer in business. And I'm here 18 years later. And with, with a lot of franchises under your belt. And you did a lot of the crime scene cleanup, correct? For, for many yes. years. Oh, I yeah. love the outfit that you wear. I'm like, I, yeah. just, you know. <laughs> bunny suit. <laughs> what do you call it? <laughs> Before you I call it a bunny suit. A simple question. Bunny but suit. Going, it's going in people's head, right? Whoever meets you or, or sees you, you have this positive energy on you that is just like, that's who you are, you know, straight shooter. You're not bitter. You're not somebody that, how, how do you do that? Because you probably come across so many stories and the families, right? And you did care for those families. Otherwise you wouldn't have started this business. How, how do you do that? Protecting yourself, your, your, your mind. You know, that was um, something that I learned in the military. Uh, I was in the military before before I went in the police department. And there's a saying that we always have, and it's improvise and overcome. And what, what it meant to me was shit's going to go wrong every day of everyone's life. It's how you handle that shit and how you deal with it that will make you who you are. So... It's it's almost a game for me now that it's like, bring it, bring it, and let me see how I can grow and learn. Um, and I remember um, my first meth lab job that I did. And uh, it was, I didn't, I was, I had just got trained. I didn't know how to price the job. I totally underpriced it. Um, it was the hardest work I've ever done physically. And after the job was done, uh, the staff said, there's no way that we made money on that. And I said, no, we didn't make any money on that. And they said, then why aren't you mad? And I said, because I got something so much more valuable. I learned what to do and what not to do. And I, now it's, it's the sky's the limit. So I look at every, even on a house, you know, if I do my numbers wrong or something doesn't work out right, no worries, no worries. You know why you pivot and you learn from that mistake. And the next one, you just double it. You know, so you just really, it's your mindset controls so much of, of your life and, and how you go forward. Um, everyone is going to have bad stuff happening to them. It's how you handle it and how you look at it and how you deal with it. And, um, you know, I've spent most of my time lifting up franchisees and employees and stuff. And it's like, you know what, everybody's going to have a bad day, but it's what you learn from that day. It's very powerful. Absolutely. So I want to transition a little bit to your your journey with investing because I think it's yes. fascinating. So and you did a lot of the cleanup, right, Laura? In terms of oh yeah, and and, <laughs> and I know you still do. I know you know with regards yeah. to not every day, but yeah. you still get that. Yeah. That's, what do you call it? The bunny suit. Yeah, the bunny suit. So you're out there cleaning these homes. When did the light bulb for this next new venture of buying properties and flipping them come? Was that something you were already interested in? We were just like, this is an opportunity. How did that? form? And then what were some of the next steps you took to, uh, to start flipping properties too? So I've always had a intense passion for real estate and, uh, growing up, not having any money and being, you know, hand to mouth, so to speak, I didn't know how to get into that. You know, this is 2005 when I started my company. So 
the entire time I'm trying to figure out how do I do this? How do I do this? So I had it in my head. I need to make money in my business in order to save that money to purchase a property, right? So not knowing, you know, a lot of things, I had no real estate investor friends. So one day I went to a hoarder property and it was a um, 55 plus community. And the woman was a severe alcoholic. And um, I never know what I'm walking into when I walk into these places. So I knocked on the door and she opened it up and it was a house of horrors. There was liters of vodka bottles everywhere, just piled up. There was um, used food containers from like pizza delivery and stuff. There was roaches, spiders, rats, like everything was just everywhere. And she's walking around barefoot in it. And, uh, she said, I need to get this cleaned up because the HOA found out about it. So they own the condos and, uh, her mother was there and her mother's like, you know, I'll pay whatever we need to get her out of this. We need to just get, she said the key words, we need to get this place cleaned up so we can sell it. And something without thought came out of me. And I said, well, I would be interested in buying it as is. And her eyes just went like, are you serious? Like, in other words, this place needs a match, you know? So um, I said, yeah. And she's like, well, what would you pay us for it? And I said, let me run some comps and I'll get back to you. So um, this was my first time doing this, right? So I'm running my comps and I'm I'm trying to do my numbers and figure out my rehab. And I came up with a a purchase price of $5,000. And inside I was like, there's no freaking way somebody's going to sell me a condo in Florida for $5,000. But I'm like, whatever, I'll try it. You know, you've just got to do it. So uh, I went back to the house and I said, um, I can give you $5,000 for it as is. She's like, deal. My God. I'm like, yes. So that was my first, uh, my first purchase. And uh, I put $19,000 into the rehab and I sold it for $65,000. So um, not a huge, huge deal, but still what a confidence booster. And then I was like, okay, let's rinse and repeat. So I did it for about a year. Um, and I, that was the only flip that I did in that year. The rest I wholesaled and uh, actually made more money off the wholesaling, anywhere between 50 and 65,000 on each wholesale deal. So the first year in five properties, I made $275,000. And I was like, okay, this is it. I've got to merge this in with the business because all of our clients are literally in the same situation. They either don't have insurance or they don't have the way to pay me to clean it up. So maybe their only way out of this is to sell the property. And it worked. So I created that system and we added it on in 2016. And I taught the franchisees how to do it. And probably 95% of the franchisees strictly wholesale it just because they don't have time to do fix and flip. And as you know, uh, fix and flip is um, riskier and obviously takes a little more expertise. That now, now you're giving me and all the investors that are listening, yes. you know who you guys are going to contact, right? We need a list of all your franchisees. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. We need them. Absolutely. It, we it, wholesale off to investors all the time. It, exactly. Um, it's the same. It's the same recipe. You had a problem. Somebody had a problem yep. there. You listen to their problem and say, okay, <clears throat> there is an opportunity over here. It happens all the time. 
And how can I use the skills that I already have, what I already do here, don't need to reinvent the wheel and, and support them to resolve their problem at the same time that supports me achieving my goals. And I think you did something really powerful too. You tested it. And I think yes. so many women, when they're, when they're pivoting or they want to add on a service or they want to add on another kind of strategy in their business, we have to have this grand plan and have it all worked out before we even start that where you didn't do that. You didn't do it either time. You said, you, especially this time, you said, I'm going to, you did it probably a number of times before you baked it in as a service of your franchisees, which I think we don't do enough of, especially women testing it, trying it yeah. and then seeing morphing it into, okay, now let's really, let, let, let's really scale this. Right. I think that's proof of concept. It's a pretty basic concept, but it, it's uh, a lot of people, a lot of women don't think of that. We almost think we have to have it already figured out before we started. Well, and you know, with all sincerity, I knew I had to have it literally systematized because I was li- I was going to teach this to not only franchisees, but I had to be able to answer their questions on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what do we do? You know, everybody's question on a, on a property, typically when you're, when you're host, what if I get stuck with it? You know, and all this kind of stuff. So I knew I had to write down all these questions and be able to teach them what to do in certain situations. And I didn't want to just roll out a half-baked concept because that would really just cause more trouble than good. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest stay. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing or two about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with a reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com backslash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com backslash biggerpockets. Hey there, fellow libation lovers. Let's talk about something that's sure to tickle your taste buds. Total Wine & More. Are you ready to embark on a journey through the aisles of endless possibilities? Total Wine & More is your one-stop shop for all things wine, whiskey, and everything in between. From the smoothest Cabernets to the boldest bourbons, they've got it all. And the best part? Their team of friendly guides is here to help you navigate through the maze of choices. Need a recommendation? They've got you covered. But wait, it gets even better. Total Wine & More offers convenient curbside pickup and delivery, so you can stock up on your favorites without ever leaving your car or home. So, what are you waiting for? Dive into the world of Total Wine & More today and discover your next favorite libation. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. That's TotalWine.com. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. We talked about this, Liz, in whatever, if it was a Minnesota or Mastermind, somewhere. Somewhere, around. somewhere in our many conversations. <laughs> we talked about it, about women really having the need to have all the steps 
the first the first one right in order for you, them to do it because they want to make the right decision and we keep yeah. pounding it and saying there's no right or wrong there's just a decision that needs to be made and if that didn't go the way that you thought it would you, you learn just from it test it it's a yeah. test it didn't fail you strategically test it out to see it mm-hmm. if it works or not it's not this like life or death if I if this doesn't go the way that I believe is going to go, then oh, I, I'm you are so right, and I can't tell you. I don't know why this is kind of more on the female side, but we'll have franchisees, and I'll say, hey, get out there and do some some cold calls, some sales. Oh, I can't do it yet because I don't have my business cards. It's like you don't need a business card. Are you kidding me? Get out there and do this. Okay. What, what could possibly go wrong? They say no. Oh, well, go to the next door. I've been told no a hundred times before you'll get yes. And the guys, they just kind of go, you know, uh, ball ball through the wall. You know, they'll just go through the wall. Ladies need to learn that you're, you're going to get something much more valuable about having things go wrong than almost having them go right, because you're going to learn what not to do. And I Absolutely. think that the confidence, right, Liz, we, we have been talking about yeah. this, this um, the confidence gap that we have going on right now. Women are, are going to be um, having access to a lot of capital within the next five to, to, to seven years, but we don't have the confidence to invest. And many questions that people ask us, one of the major, the, very frequent, right? How, how do I get confident about it? And I totally agree with you, Laura, in terms doing of it. take action. The actions is going to go, oh, cool. That, right? You, if you have listened to your, probably your your mind told you, oh, 5,000, you're going to offer this person 5,000. Yeah. You could have taken yourself out of, of mm-hmm. that deal and the business that came after that deal, right? The opportunity to serve people. Yeah. I think we need to start taking actions and 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 say, well, thank you very much for the thought, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, organizations like yours and, and you know, female masterminds like Liz and I are a part of and stuff, we, we need to focus more, at least what, what I'm really concentrating on, especially with my female franchise owners, is that I want to give them empowerment. I want to give them confidence and you know, stop worrying about what could possibly go wrong and worry about, man, what could go right, right? We need to, yeah. we just need to lift each other up so much more. And, you know, we, a lot of ladies come from, from maybe families that didn't provide that confidence to them or, or lift them up. And that's when you got to really dig deep in yourself because you've got it there. You've got it. There's something special about you and uh, you can make things happen. You just have to take the chance. Yeah, so important. And it and it really is. I like to use the analogy like just get a single, just get on base. You yeah. know, and I, and again, it's like we want this to be the perfect deal and make us financially free. No one deal is gonna make you newsflash, no one deal is gonna make you financially free yeah. in and of itself. So it's about taking that action. I'm curious too, uh, Laura, you've been really been able to, and it probably was started when you got creative with your financing of your business. You've been able to creatively finance your deals. And now more than ever, I mean, I've been at this a long time, right? Creative financing. We started creatively financing when we bought our first property. It's always something that's needed. The strategy at which we do it and why we're doing it has evolved over the years, right? Economy uh, and, and interest rates. So I'm really curious, 
to get a sense of now where you are and how you're creatively financing your own deals. Uh, what what strategies are you doing? What what's working for you uh, in today's kind of economic you know landscape? Yeah, you know um, everybody is kind of especially when they get into real estate, they're under this false impression that price is everything, and that's just not true. Um, you know, I say there's time, there's there's price, and there's terms. And right now we're in a very unique situation, I think, to be able to uh, do a lot of subject twos. Um, uh, because there's a lot of two and 3% mortgages out there. So not all of our clients just need a boatload of cash right now. Um, many of them are older and are fine with monthly payments. So I'm a big fan of subject to, or even a lease option or a sandwich lease option, uh, where, where you can get in there for relatively no money. And remember that these properties that I'm getting need some work. So it's 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 easier for me to go in and say, okay, I'm not going to put anything down because I have you know ten thousand dollars of just waste removal here. Much less, you know, I need new flooring and I'll do all that, but make you monthly payments and kind of buy yourself time. But creativity on these deals, I think, is super crucial. And the fact that there's three percent loans mortgages out there, there is tons of opportunity for someone to come in uh, and take that over. And make, you know, make monthly payments to a person or, or whatever. Find out what their need is because it's not always a boatload of cash. You know, that's kind of a misnomer, I think, that everybody is, I want the highest and best price. Well, that's great. You need to give me time and terms then. So yeah. you pick one, I get two. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think this subject to you, literally the second person today. And the, and, the, oh, really? and, it's a, and it's an early morning. It's still morning here that I've <laughs> been talking about subject two. I'm like, light bulb. I'm like, we got to get some more. Uh, sh- strategic content out to the community Just to make sure. that down. I know. I'm like, we, I, and I have the person too, which is awesome, right? Because they're building a community. I know exactly who to call. Literally yeah. to text after our call. But I think what you're saying makes so much sense. We need to move away from price and think about terms. Mm-hmm. Because you could actually offer people low. We all, we have all done that. We've low, we've actually, you know, um, offered a lower price, but the terms that the person wanted and gotten the deal. So we got to get out of our head. It's the best price. It's the highest price. And and what comes down to that? I think, Laura, you do that beautifully. And I think so many women, if I could say an advantage of women do, they understand what the pains of that person are. Yeah. And that that cash flow for somebody older in that demographic is, it could be really helpful rather than having a big tax burden because that's what you're causing people is to have a big old tax burden. So yeah. I, I I love that as a as let's get out of the head of the price and get really obsessed with the terms and yes. how we could creatively put those terms together. So um that's exciting. What what's been your latest project? I'm curious. I'm in the process of selling one of my short-term rentals. Um it just didn't do as well as I anticipated. So um, you know, I'm gonna offload that and hopefully buy something that that is, you know, gonna do a little bit better. But I'm sure you guys as well see there there's a shift in the market. Obviously, more people are 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 wanting terms because the interest rates are way, way higher yeah. than you know what we're used to, double, maybe sometimes over that. Um, hard money rates are crazy right now. So I think that is another thing that's really pushing people to seek out terms. And I think the sellers understand that and they're more willing to work with that because they know, you know, there, there's a there's a big burden um, with, you know, 25% down, a 7% interest rate. You know, that's that's not going to work for a lot of people on their numbers. So if you can make some creative deals, find the pain point of, of your seller 
And it's, again, it's not always going to be priced. And I, I find most of the time it's not price because, you know, they're going to get hit with capital gains if, the, if it's not their homestead or, or whatever. Maybe they just, maybe they're on Medicaid and they can't have that big influx of money coming in. So if I'm making a $1,500 a month payment to them, you know, That's I have a relative on Medicaid. They're not allowed to have more than I think it's $3,500 in their account. So th- why they take can't. that bulk? Mm. Yeah, they can't. So what you can do is just make, you know, $1,500 a month payment for them for a hundred months mm. or, you know, whatever you negotiate. Uh, but the, the thing that I love about real estate is there's no boundaries. You can totally do whatever you want to do as long as both parties are in agreement. And if it's a win-win situation, you can never go wrong. I think that what comes down to is women having access to what is possible. Yeah. Because when, when honestly, when we go to conferences and we hear the same people saying the same thing over and over again, we truly believe that that's the only path uh, to succeed. And I need to do X, Y, and Z and put myself in a situation. So I think the limits sometimes the creativity. And I think we cannot relate to that. And therefore, we take ourselves out of the game. And, and honestly, like Liz and I, our mission in life is to really, really share with the women all the possibilities that are available. So every time that we talk to somebody on our podcast, our next conference, InvestorCon, it will be all around women taking control of their financial future. Laura, I completely agree. It's not about the money. It's all about the terms related to that money, right? Positive or or negative. At InvestorCon, our goal is to really offer what is available here? What are other ways that I can do this? I think that we really need to invest in really being curious and connecting with other women and other men, it doesn't really matter, but it has to have some diversity and creativity on how we approach the current market. I don't think we can continue playing the same game mm-hmm. with the same point of view. It's not going to get us anywhere. And then we're going to start in the complaining and victim mentality. And I don't play that. Right. So, yeah. I'm so glad you're talking about this. And I think that could be an entire episode on its own. Because we need to break that down in a way, you know, exactly the the way that you're saying your franchisees ask about the protocol, right? Yeah. Women really need to understand, okay, can can we break that down? Can we just like have a, like a step-by-step on how to do that? They heard about the concept, Right. But it's how important that will be to, I'm thinking out loud right now, every <laughs> year in InvestorCon, we do a, um, we do a session. One of my favorite sessions is called Good Deal, Bad Deal. And the first year we did with Kim Kisaki, when she, yeah. she talked about a, a good deal, bad deal. Second year, Sarah and Annette about the um, short-term rental. I think next year we should do subject two. We don't, we don't see options. We don't see, we don't see like how would that really look, look like in real life situation? Yeah. You know, I I I love love that that idea so much. Yeah, I do too. And I I love the idea of 
honestly presenting a problem and having these women kind of figure it out on how they would tackle it. Because, Mm. you know, quite honestly, I've learned most of these concepts through books I've read. And, um, you know, I try to learn as much as I can. There's probably a million other creative ways that I don't even know about yet. But uh, that's what I love about real estate is that it's just so broad. And if maybe something doesn't work as a long-term rental, maybe it works as a flip. Maybe it works as an Airbnb. Like there's just so many things. Don't feel like you've lost everything. If the original plan that you had didn't come out financially to what you wanted, pivot and turn that property into something else that will cash flow for you. That's the beautiful part about real estate. So many mm-hmm. investment, so many investments. Can you say the same and can you do the same? It's very limiting. Yeah. You know, it is. in a lot of ways. That's the beautiful part about real estate. Um, I'm I'm in, I'm envisioning, right, as we think about ourselves and where we want to get to investors, it's a toolkit. Sometimes subject to you're going to pull out. Sometimes you're going to pull out a partner. Sometimes you're going to be you're going to pull out the equity partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes it's on load. And just yeah, sometimes you, you just go. like unload yeah. that. Yeah. And I and I think that's the mastery that women investors oh. that are scaling need to get to. It's actually not to be an expert in any one strategy, but it's to know enough about all the strategies or at least the key ones. Mm-hmm. In the particular market that you're in, because why is subject to so desirable right now? Because the interest rates are as high as mm-hmm. they are. Will that yep. be the case in the future? Maybe something else. Maybe another str- I mean, I've been at this a mm-hmm. long time. Subject to is like amazing, like like that 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. I hadn't heard much yeah. of it until like the last six months, tw- nine months mm-hmm. or so. Right. So it, it right. does vary. So that's the that's the mastery. But I, I love that you're doing that. And I love you're incorporating all this into your business mm-hmm. so that you can create more residual income for your company and for the for the franchisees. That's a that's a beautiful process. So gotta follow yeah, you. you along in this this journey. And, and, <laughs> and I know you're writing a book as well. So we have it's to taking keep... forever, as you know. You've written before and wow, it's like a, a child. <laughs> it's a child. <laughs> you know, you're like giving giving birth to you a are child birthing. And, yeah. Oh God, it's not easy, as you know. <laughs> Laura, where can all the ladies and uh, and gentlemen who are listening learn more about you and follow you along your journey? Yeah, so we have um, a pretty prolific uh, social media. We're on TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube at, at Crime Scene Cleaning. And uh, we have a pretty um, robust YouTube channel. We just got the um, 1 million subscribers award there from them. Right. So we we enjoy the the social media side because we, we take an educational kind of perspective on it and, you know, teach people we're we're not hiding anything. Like, you know, we tell you the chemicals we use, we tell you how to get blood out of things. And, Mm. you know, we just, we just want to share the information and, um, you know, obviously what we do is very different and people are, I think are intrigued with, uh, the unknown, so to speak, you know, you're always curious about something that the unknown. And, uh, I think we provide an inside, inside view of that. Love that. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous week questions. And all, by the way, all the information you guys can find on our show notes. The first question, Laura, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Gosh, you know, I I read quite a bit and I've learned most of everything that, that I do, but there was one book that came to mind that really opened my mind. And I'm, I'm, it's probably very small and maybe nobody's read it before, but Larry Loftus is the, is the author and it's called uh, duplexes, triplexes, and quadruplexes. And in that book, he literally lays out a step-by-step of how to buy these things and what to look for. And I was, you know, 
probably 27, 28 years old when I read this. And I was like, wow, like I would have never thought, hey, it's great to have different water meters for a quad, you know, instead of lumping them all together and saying, we'll split this four ways. So I thought that that book was excellent. And I really kind of attribute it to me getting on the path of, of saying, all right, I'm going to try it. You know, let's, let's buy something and, and see what happens. Second question, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? I've told Liz this before, but I, I took a TM training, the Transcendental Meditation Training. Um, it's been probably three or four months now. And I think that's been really pivotal for me. Um, I do it twice a day, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening. And uh, you know, I'm pretty cynical. So I thought at the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is all BS, you know, this is whatever. But I, I have seen such a transformation in myself and other people have mentioned it too. And it's just, it's very peaceful. It's very calming. And I highly recommend it for, for busy entrepreneurs. Love that. Last question, which women famous or not has inspired you the most? This is such a hard question. And, you know, I'm not going to pick one person. I want to pick um, my my mastermind, my GoBundance mastermind. The, the ladies in my tribe are so inspirational to me. And we all come from different backgrounds and our businesses are slightly different. And we just have different experiences. And I, I think they have made such a great impact on my life. And I, I they're just so inspirational to me. And especially Liz as well is, is part of my mastermind. So I, I just love it. And I, I want to thank them for just allowing me to be a part of it. And to be a, in a mastermind, you're, you allow yourself to to grow together. And I think that's what we embody with, with and be our vulnerable. community as well. And be vulnerable, right? With, with, yeah. with, with what we're up to as well. It's just find that tribe, give and get mm-hmm. and, and cultivate, right? So Laura, thank yes. you so much for being on our show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with, with us and our community. And we're so excited about everything you have going on and where, <laughs> where the future is for you. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate everything that you do for women investors. Thanks, Laura. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.